I'm Brandon Zerby and welcome to the Mile Sciences Weekly Podcast, where I bring you topics each week in fitness, nutrition, sleep, cognition, finance, and minimalism to help you become healthier and happier. This week I'm covering the 4% rule, debunked, rebunked, and then bunked? Let's get into it. So I've been pondering my financial future and attempting to determine how much I need to save to become financially independent. Financial independence meaning I can live entirely off of my investment without needing a job to sustain my lifestyle costs. Or how much money do I need until I can live in my bedroom full-time creating YouTube videos without any subscriber growth and still afford my organic plant-based dinners. This is more commonly known as retirement or my typical weekends. Traditionally, the 4% rule has been the basis for many retirement calculations. But in 2021, with interest rates near zero, inflation spiking, and bonds producing little to no return, is this rule now too risky? What is the 4% rule and how much money do I need to retire? And what organic plant-based meal did I have for dinner last night that my 4% rule needs to account for? The 4% rule is a rule of thumb used to determine how much money you can safely withdraw in retirement each year from your total savings and not run out of money before you die. And this rule was popularized by the Trinity study, which ran multiple retirement simulations on portfolios between the years of 1925 and 1995. And what they found was that even in the worst years to retire, when the market performed its worst, the constant 4% withdrawal rate in retirement nearly guaranteed that you'd never run out of money. And based on this study, many financial advisors and planners have used this rule of thumb to guide clients' retirement plans. So for example, if you think your retirement lifestyle will cost $40,000 per year, then you'd need a million dollar portfolio to hit the 4% withdrawal rate and never run out of money. And on my blog is a chart showing how much money you'd need in your portfolio based upon your expected living expenses. But this 4% rule was created in the 1990s and based on strict guidelines that you likely won't follow in reality. And with the market conditions, it now begs the question, is the 4% rule too risky? The 4% rule was established back when everyone planned for a 30-year set retirement and their portfolios were made up of around 60% stocks and 40% bonds. And when the simulations were run, bonds were producing a much higher rate of return than today. Historically, bonds averaged a rate of return around 5-6% compared to less than 3% today. And what this means is that most portfolios have shifted their allocations to more stocks and less bonds. For example, 75% stocks to 25% bonds to achieve that same rate of return previously. This requires taking on more risk than you previously calculated. Moreover, Vanguard and many other investment firms have projected that future returns on stocks will be significantly less than the historical averages. Just because the market has historically returned 10% per year on average doesn't mean it will continue that trend for the next 100 years. This could mean that no matter your portfolio allocation, if the projections are correct, the 4% rule is not going to cut it. On top of that, while most people are planning for a 30-year retirement, still, say retiring at 60 and living until 90, this doesn't fit all situations. For example, the 4% rule assumes that after 30 years of retirement, your total savings will be all but depleted. While you have enough money to make it until death, it could get scary the last few years with your healthcare costs rising and your money dwindling. On top of that, you'll leave no money left for your children to inherit or to donate to charity. And if you're planning to retire early and needing your savings to last you 40, 50, or 60 years, then you'd be in trouble. I mean, if you follow the My Health Sciences protocol, you may be living it up to 100 and in good health. So this is where the 4% rule starts to appear a little risky. Plus, the 4% rule doesn't take into consideration the additional taxes, expense ratios, and transaction costs, which make that 4% withdrawal look more like 3.79% withdrawal rate, requiring more total savings before you can retire. This has led several people to recommend a 2-3% withdrawal rate to account for all the differences now in 2021 compared to back in the 1990s. But 
Not so fast. Let's look at some of the other components not taken into consideration when the 4% rule was created. The 4% rule was a conservative number at the time it was created. It was designed to nearly guarantee that everyone would make it through retirement even if you retired at the worst possible time. This means if you don't retire at the worst possible time, like right before a market crash, your 4% withdrawal rate will leave you with a ton of money left over at the end of life. In many cases, the vast majority of people could use a 5-6% withdrawal rate and be completely fine even with slightly lower returns, taxes, expense ratios, and transaction costs. And let's talk about spending. The 4% rule, for the sake of simplicity, assumes you withdraw 4% of your savings every year of retirement no matter what. This is called static spending, but most people will be better off using a dynamic spending strategy in retirement. When the stock market does well with a 15% rate of return and inflation is low, you could feel much better withdrawing 7-8% of your portfolio. And when the market doesn't do well with a negative 10% rate of return or inflation is high, you could ease back your spending to a 3% withdrawal rate to account for the tighter times. So by adjusting your spending based on the market conditions most people can do in retirement, this 4% rule can be quite conservative. To add on to that, this 4% rule takes into consideration only the money you've accumulated through 401ks, IRAs, brokerages, or savings accounts. It doesn't take into consideration pensions or social security. And while I wouldn't count or depend on pensions or social security, those that do get it will see around $20,000 per year in benefits that the 4% rule doesn't account for, making that 4% rule look even more conservative. From this standpoint, a 5 to 6% withdrawal rate appears more useful. So how am I attacking this? Well, Karsten Jeske, who runs EarlyRetirementNow.com, created a chart that I've found extremely useful. This chart takes into consideration how risky you want to be with your asset allocation, stocks versus bonds, how many years of retirement you're shooting for, 30, 40, 50, or 60, and provides calculations for various withdrawal rates. This chart gives you a more personal guide in determining what your future withdrawal rate could be that allows you to better plan for retirement. Now, like I mentioned, this chart is still a rule of thumb that can be used to estimate how much you need for retirement, as your actual withdrawals in retirement will be different than you're currently planning. But either way, I like this chart for planning purposes. For me, the creator and follower of the evidence-based Mile Sciences lifestyle, designed to increase health span and lifespan to its greatest potential, I'm probably going to live to 150, but for the sake of relatability, let's say I live to 100 and plan to retire early at age 40. In this case, I'm looking at 60 years of retirement. I am more risk-seeking, so I'd assume a 75% stock to 25% bond ratio. With those components, I'd like to assume near 100% certainty of having enough money to sustain my lifestyle without any stress at the end of life. Plus, as long as I don't retire at the worst possible time, it'd be nice to have some insurance that there will be money left over for my kids and charitable donations. With these parameters defined, I can now see that a 3.25% withdrawal rate is what I should be targeting. Now obviously your situation is going to be different, but that's what's great about this chart. It lets you get a better idea of what your withdrawal rate should be in retirement. I can then do some quick math and say that if I want to live a $65,000 lifestyle in retirement, which is fairly lofty, using a 3.25% withdrawal rate, I'll need to save up around $2 million in retirement. Now can I hit a $2 million portfolio by age 40? (sighs) Challenge accepted. So here are my final thoughts. The 4% rule was created years ago when bonds had a higher rate of return, 30-year retirement plans were the default, and taxes, expense ratios, and transaction costs weren't included, thus making the 4% rule look much riskier today. But the 4% rule also doesn't take into consideration the average retirement date, dynamic spending, and additional money through pensions and social security, thus making the 4% rule look oppositely conservative. 
Luckily, Karsten created a useful chart to better estimate your personal withdrawal rate depending on your circumstances. And for me, after inputting my parameters, I've determined a 3.25% withdrawal rate to be a useful figure for me. But who knows? Retirement is so far away, and this could all change with kids, a wife, my job, market conditions, and my passions. Either way, it's a useful north star to start planning my retirement journey. Thanks for stopping by and look forward to sharing with you again next week. And by the way, stick around for that organic plant-based dinner recipe that my retirement needs to fund. The perfect dinner recipe will be out soon. Thanks for joining me in the My Health Sciences Weekly Podcast, where I bring you topics to improve your health and happiness through sustainable, evidence-based, healthy habit change. If you'd like to receive weekly updates on the three most important things I've read, watched, and listened to within the past week, sign up for the My Health Sciences Weekly Newsletter. Those on this list will never miss any of the latest and most important information I share about health and happiness. Thanks again, and I look forward to talking with you again next week.